But how many of us have betrayed, been disloyal to somebody else? Tough when you look in the mirror on that one, isn't it? Uh, because we'll see today in Scripture that that's our challenge. That's our challenge as broken human beings. How do we answer the call that Christ puts on our life to display loyalty, to exhibit loyalty? And that's really the first teaching of the day. When you look to Scripture, is that when we understand loyalty, loyalty is an action, it's not an intention. I mean, that's, the, that's part of the challenge, right? Is that we can want in our heart to be loyal. We can, we can want diligently. We can intend diligently to be that loyal person. The trouble is we don't always display it. We don't always exhibit it. All you have to do is think about uh, the Apostle Peter, right? And you can see in Matthew 26 where, where Peter is, you know, he's made this declaration about who Jesus is. Uh, and uh, but Jesus said, "Hey, you guys, you're going to betray me, right? You're going to be disloyal. You're going to betray me." And uh, Peter says, "No. Even if everyone else deserts you, I will never desert you." Do you see and feel his intention in that? I mean, he's got great heart intention, right? Jesus says, "Hey, I tell you the truth, Peter. This very night before the rooster crows, you'll deny me three times." that you even know me. Look at Peter's heart response. No! Absolutely no! Even if I have to die with you, I will never deny you. Is his heart starting out in the right place? It is, right? He's, he has every intention. And yet we know the outcome of the experience. His intention of his heart doesn't follow through in his actions in displaying loyalty. In fact, he becomes disloyal. That's the challenge for us. And so you look at Proverbs 20, and it says, many will say they are loyal friends, but who can find how many? Even one. This is our difficulty. Even one who is truly reliable. So what do we do? How do we understand this loyalty? Well, loyalty, the Greek word that's used, uh, means to wholly trust or believe in, to permanently and unwaveringly be faithful, right? To permanently and unwaveringly be faithful. That in each circumstance, in each opportunity that life gives us to display loyalty, we do it. That in each case, when, when, when the opportunity is there, that it constantly, permanently, unwaveringly, we are always captured by not just the intention, but we display the action of absolute loyalty. And we can see that happen. We get an experience from the Old Testament in 2 Samuel where um, we see the display of absolute loyalty. It's an incredible story, a little setup. It's around King David. And uh, King David had a son, son named Absalom. And Absalom had committed murder inside David's family. And so he had fled. David eventually welcomes his, him back and practices radical forgiveness, which we talked about, radical forgiveness. He forgives Absalom for that action, welcomes him back to Jerusalem, back into the family. But when Absalom comes back, 
he begins to develop relationships with the intention of taking over the throne. And so Absalom starts a coup. And David doesn't even see it coming. He doesn't even see it coming because he looks at his son Absalom, Absalom with absolute loyalty. Absalom betrays him, puts together an armed force, and begins to march on Jerusalem to take Jerusalem. King David, wanting to spare Jerusalem civil war, the residents, all the pain of that, he decides the best thing he can do is take those who are loyal to him and leave the city. So he takes all of his family, he takes all of his loyal warriors, he takes all that he can, and he leaves the city of Jerusalem. And that's where this story picks up. As he's leaving the city of Jerusalem, it says, The king turned and said to Ittai, a leader of the men from Gath. Now that's important. He's from where? Gath. That means Ittai is not an Israelite. He's not a Jew. He's got no stake in the game here. He's got no horse in the race, right? He is a foreign mercenary. And foreign mercenaries owe their loyalty and allegiance to whoever pays the highest, right? Isn't that the way that works? David gets this. David knows this. So David says to Ittai, why are you coming with us? Go on back to King Absalom, for you are a guest in Israel, a foreigner in exile. You arrived only recently, and should I force you today to wander with us? I don't even know where we're going to go. Go on back and take your kinsmen with you, and may the Lord show you his unfailing love and faithfulness. David releases Ittai from his responsibility to serve him. He releases him. He says, look, you, you don't have any stake in this. It, you can go back and serve Absalom. You're a mercenary after all. You can go back and serve him, protect him like you would protect me, the king. Just, you know, it's going to be in your best interest. It's going to be in your best interest, your men's best interest, if you just go back and you stay in Jerusalem. Here's how Ittai responds. But Ittai said to the king, I vow by the Lord and by your own life that I will go wherever my lord the king goes, no matter what happens, whether it means life or death. What did Ittai just express? Absolute, incredible loyalty. He had no, no reason to do it. There was no advantage to him. In fact, there was every disadvantage to him to stay with David. And yet he chooses to express absolute, incredible loyalty. So the challenge, how do we express that loyalty? And the difficulty for us is recognizing up front and right away that it's so easy for us to do the opposite, to express disloyalty. So where does disloyalty come from? Here's what the scripture says. Disloyalty grows from a divided heart. This is so important to our understanding this morning. You get this concept. Disloyalty grows from a divided heart. Look at James 4, New Testament, James 4. Come close to God, and God will come close, close to you. Wash your hand, you sinners, Purify your hearts. Purify, talked about that last week, by the way. Purify your hearts, for your loyalty is divided between God and the world. 
what happened to their hearts and their loyalty. It got divided. This is what happens. We get captured in disloyalty, in the action of disloyalty, when we allow our hearts to get divided. Scripture makes that clear. It gives us some even examples of that, right? It goes to marriage, right? Where disloyalty can be extraordinarily painful, right? And it gives a word of warning. Malachi 2 says, So guard your heart. Remain loyal to the wife of your youth. Why guard your heart? Because your heart can get divided. You can be in the office and you can notice that sweet young thing and you can start to think about that person. You can start emotionally to attach to that person and all of a sudden what's happening to your heart? It's getting divided, right? It's getting divided. And so now your thoughts, your attention starts moving away from the loyalty you should be expressing to your spouse and instead it starts getting attached over here and the next thing you know you even become physically disloyal. What's the process? You become divided. You begin divided in your heart. This happens not just in marriage relationships. This happens just in friend relationships. Proverbs 17 says, a friend is always loyal and a brother is born to help in a time of need. In our friendships, we can, we can be disloyal. Why does that happen? Our friend comes to us and, and shares with us something really important, right? They, they trust us, and they share something with us that's really important, and they ask us as a true friend to just keep that. And yet what happens? We get with other people, other relationships, and somehow in the midst of that conversation, in our minds and in our hearts, there begins a division. And we start thinking to ourselves, well, you know, I know this piece of information. And if I share that with them, that would elevate me. If I share that with them, that would, that would elevate me. That somehow we get divided between our loyalty to the friend who first told us and what we can gain. Does this make any sense? And so what's the next thing that slips out of our mouth? We betray. What's happened? Our heart has become divided. It's not just friendships. It goes into our work life, into our career life, right? We take a job. We go take a job, but we take the job with the attitude. You've heard this. We take the job with the attitude. We say, well, this will be a good job for the time being. It'll be a great stepping stone. Is that the way we should take a job? And it's not loyalty. It's just a stepping stone. Or we're an employer, and we look at our employees, and we think somehow employees are just expendable, that they're interchangeable, that somehow the employee is there for the good of the business, the business somehow isn't there for the good of the employee, that we can just take them in and let them go at our leisure. You see, we get a divided heart. We get a divided heart. It happens in our relationships. It happens in our work life. And here's the worst place of all. Disloyalty happens in our walk with Christ. Disloyalty happens in our walk with Christ. If you look at Acts 2, the new believers, right? The new believers, 
all the believers devoted themselves. Think about that word. What does it mean to devote themselves? Absolutely devoted, absolutely captured with one heart. But we get divided. And so Pastor Andrew or myself stand up here and we say, hey, if you want to grow in purity, you got to make sure you're in the Word every day. And if you want to grow in purity, you got to make sure you're in a, in a group every week. And if you want to grow in purity, you got to make sure that you're in worship every week. And we say that over and over and over and over again for your good, for your benefit. But what happens in your heart? You may believe it and have good intentions, but in practicality, you say, eh, I just don't have time today for the Word. And every week, that's a big commitment. I, I just don't know if I'm up for that kind of commitment. And besides, you know, Sunday's the only time I get. See how that works? What's going on in your heart? You're getting a divided heart. You're getting a divided heart. The psalmist really calls us to task on this, right? This is look in the mirror moment. The psalmist really calls us to task on that. He says, talking about God's people, right? Then they remembered that God was their rock, that, that the God most high was their redeemer. But all they gave him was lip service. They lied to him with their tongues. Their hearts were not what? loyal to him. They did not keep his covenant. That's our problem. Our hearts get divided. So the challenge, the question, how do we, how do we as Christ followers, how do we get that loyal heart? How, how, do, we, how do we have that loyal heart that allows us to express permanent, unwavering loyalty? we start with somebody who had one. I mean, if you want to get a transplant, a heart transplant, whose heart do you want to get? You want to get somebody who's got a good heart, right? You start with somebody who had a good heart, an undivided heart. All you have to do is look at Jesus. Jesus had absolute loyalty. He expressed again and again and again absolute loyalty, right? You look at John 6, he says, For I have come down from heaven to do the will of God who sent me, not to do my own will. His heart is not divided between what he wants and what the Father wants, right? He understands he's here to do what? The will of the Father. Clear? Or you can go to John 14. He says, I don't have much more time to talk with you, talking to his followers, because the ruler of this world approaches. He has no power over me, but I will do his action, not just his intention. I will do what the Father requires of me so that the world will know that I love the Father. Is his heart absolutely loyal and undivided? Absolutely. And here's the key. Key verse, John 8. And the one who sent me is with me. And the one who sent me, remember this verse, the one who sent me is with me. He has not deserted me for I will always do what pleases him. So we see Jesus has an absolute loyal heart. It is not one that gets divided. An absolute loyal heart. And that leads to the absolute expression of loyalty. And the key is he understands what the Father wants him to do and that the Father is with him.
All right, now us. You ready? So what about us? We can experience an undivided, loyal heart when we give our heart to the one who has an undivided, loyal heart. We need to just let him be our heart. We just need to let him. Christ is absolutely loyal to the Father, but he is absolutely loyal to you, his church. He's absolutely loyal to you. He will invade your life when you open that opportunity, and he can create in you an undivided, loyal heart. If you look at Matthew 16, he's with Peter again, right? And Peter's made that affirmation that says, Now I say to you that you are Peter, which means rock, and upon this rock I will build my church. Who's going to do the heavy lifting and the work? He is. If you want an undivided heart, who needs to do the heavy work and the lifting? He does. He's able. He is absolutely willing. He even says, listen, all the powers of hell will not conquer it. So whatever it is that's trying to divide your heart, he is the only one that can absolutely conquer and keep your heart from being divided. When those words are ready to slip out, the Holy Spirit is capable of being able to invade that moment and keep those words back in your mind and in your heart so you don't betray. When your thoughts start wandering to somebody else in the office, he is able to capture those thoughts and bring them back so that they don't wander and your heart doesn't get divided and focused elsewhere. He is able to reshape our thoughts, our minds, and our hearts. He will do the work. He will do the lifting. And he is absolutely competent and able because he has a loyal heart. If you look at Paul, this is the greatest example of what I'm trying to share with you this morning. Here's what Paul says. Paul is experiencing exactly what we're talking about this morning. Paul says, the first time when I was brought before the judge, no one came with me. What happened? Everybody betrayed him. See it? Paul gets thrown before the judge. All the other followers do what? They betray him. Let him go. They betray him. Nobody comes with him. Look what Paul says. Everyone abandoned me. With me. Do you remember? I asked you to remember that verse just a minute ago when it said what? When Jesus said what? He can retain a loyal heart. He can do the will of the Father. Why? Because the Father is with him. Remember that? With him. That same promise is made over us. That same promise is made over us. Paul experiences that same thing. He says, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength so that I might preach the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. How could Paul express absolute loyalty to the expression of the gospel in a time of conflict and persecution? in a time when he was abandoned and betrayed by everybody else. How could Paul express absolute loyalty to the proclamation of the gospel? Because, but the Lord stood with me and gave me strength. Where did his loyalty come from? Not himself. It invaded him. His heart was not divided. 
because the one who has a loyal heart came with him. See how it works? Follow the text. So I preached the good news in its entirety for all the Gentiles to hear. And he rescued me from certain death. Look at 18. Yes, and the Lord will deliver me from every evil attack and will bring me safely into his heavenly kingdom. All glory to God forever and ever. Look at 18. Yes, and the Lord will. What, what tense is that? Looking ahead, right? Isn't that it? This is what he's going to do? The Lord will. How can Paul know the Lord will? Because the Lord has. He just got rescued. He just got rescued. He was able to retain a loyal, undivided heart in a time of persecution, stand up and remain loyal to the proclamation of the gospel. He had that experience of God's Christ's loyalty to him, standing with him, so that from now on he could say what? From now on, going forward, I don't have to worry about loyalty. I know he can do that in my life. I know he can do that in my life. Friends, do you know that? That's the question today. When we're looking at loyalty, forgotten virtues, have you forgotten in those times when the temptation comes to divide your heart, don't forget the one who can come and be with you and bring you a loyal heart. Don't forget. Don't forget there is one who came into this world to stand with us in all of these circumstances in all of these conversations, in all these temptations of our thoughts, there's one who came who can overwhelm and the gates of hell will not prevail again. There is nothing, there's no temptation you're going to experience through disloyalty that he can't overcome. There's no temptation he can't overcome because he has an absolute loyal heart. If you let him stand with you, let him stand with you and get confident he will stand with you. Here's the last word. Proverbs 3 says, Never let loyalty and kindness leave you. Exclamation point. Tie them around your neck as a reminder. Write them deep where? Within your heart. Then you will find favor of both God and people, and you will earn a good reputation. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Do not depend on your own understanding. Remember that guy Ittai? Cool thing about Ittai. He goes with David. He expresses loyalty. He goes with David. When David takes the throne back, guess what happens to Ittai? Ittai is elevated to become the commander of one-third of King David's army. He started just a mercenary. Now he is elevated to be the commander of one-third of David's army. Think about other big names. Moses. Moses. The guy that wasn't sure he should go to Egypt. How could Moses go down and stand in front of Pharaoh and bring God's people to freedom? Because he knew God was with him. That's what God said. I'll be with you. How could Gideon, how could Gideon fight the Midianites with only 300 men? Because he knew God was with him. How could Nathan, the prophet, go stand in front of King David and call the king out for his sin because he knew God was with him? And when you know that, when you experience that, you have a loyal, undivided heart. Grow in your loyalty. 
you grow in your loyalty when you let the one who is absolutely loyal take over your life. Let's pray. Father, we come to you today. We thank you. We thank you for your loyalty because we struggle with it. Boy, it is so hard for us. And so often we, uh, we don't keep that undivided heart. And so today we want to come to you and we want to admit that brokenness. We don't want to hide it. We want to ask you to forgive it. And as you do that, Lord, we pray that you would take over our hearts, that you would give us that awareness. You are with us every single moment. And when that temptation comes to betray, that you have the strength and the power to overwhelm it in our lives, that you, you alone, can keep us loyal, and that you can elevate us before others as they see that loyalty. So, Lord, we pray today that you would help us to not forget not just this virtue, but help us not forget your loyal heart and your absolute commitment to us and empower us in our loyalty, we ask in Jesus' precious name. Amen.